Good evening. You're listening to From Page to Scream, a podcast where we discuss our favourite horror novels and explore the ways in which they differ from their on-screen adaptations. My name is Chris Newton, and over the next ten episodes, my co-host Tara Watkin and I will be rereading some of our favourite horror books and talking about some of the most iconic characters in horror cinema, discussing their literary origins and their cultural legacy. Tara, what has possessed us? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this, Chris? I I think we're doing this because we thought it was a good idea and also because we are perhaps wondering if there are any other people out there who share <laughs> our love of <laughs> comparing the literary original source material to the uh, adaptations of the films. Uh, so, obsessive love. Obsessive love, yeah. So maybe we might be able to find a little bit of community um, through doing this. But yeah, I think the, the initial reasons were just because we thought it was a good idea and we'll just see how, how we get on. As if people haven't heard me talking enough about books already, uh, you may have, have heard me wittering on before on the podcast A Book at Breakfast, which I co-host with my dear friend Mark Charlesworth. And that's quite cosy. We talk about everything from sort of, you know, Adrian Mole to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to The Hobbit. Um, that's, that's, that's a book at breakfast. This is, this is a book at midnight. We're going to get darker here. We're going to talk about some of our favourite spooky books. Um, as well dark as books for dark people. Dark books for dark people. <laughs> um, as well as, as co-hosting a book at breakfast, um, I'm an author of various spooky books, including The Filed Witch and Convent Crescent, which I co-authored with Zowie Swan. And my co-host Tara is the creative dark force genius. behind the am, creative genius yes. behind Siren Song Stories <laughs> on Instagram. I am the dark force that comes to you in your dreams or something. Yeah. So yeah, I no, I am I am the I am the creative brain, I suppose, behind Siren Song Stories, which is um an account dedicated to my short stories and fables which all have a kind of feminist spooky bent to them. So um if that's your jam, do come and, and find me. So why is it, do you think, that you're drawn to these kind of stories? I think it's just part of who I am, really. Um, ever since I was little, I've always been sort of obsessed with the darker side of things. Um, I remember <laughs> my friends at school would, um, you know, sort of be reading things like the Beano and the Dandy, and I'd be <laughs> reading Misty, <laughs> which um, <laughs> is a real blast from the past. I don't know if some people may not have heard of it if they're not of a certain age, but um, Misty was a, a comic book for girls that came from a kind <laughs> of spooky angle. So Misty was a sort of dark, gothic, Morticia Adams type person who was the face of, of this particular comic and through the comic there would be various different stories all of which had a, a sort of spooky sort of background to them um, and I just found myself being absolutely enchanted by these stories and they just really sort of resonated to me and I think you know that stayed with me for most of my life um, these are the things that bring me joy so I just wanted to write my own and see if I could bring similar joy to people through the things that I write. Yeah, I can't really pinpoint it. It was it's always been there throughout my entire life. 
when I was when I was very little, it was it was Funny Bones. You know, when I was a little bit older, it was Goosebumps. When I was older still, it was Edgar Allan Poe. I just anything anything dark, anything macabre, give it to me, inject mm. it into my veins. And when I was very very young, um, well, for years and years and years, we used to go on regular family holidays to Whitby with my nan and granddad. And that was it. it. It nurtured a lifelong love of Dracula and a sort of vampire fixation. Yeah. And I think it was like the thrill of, you know, all that mythology and going to this place. And so, so th- you know, this is where it happened, regardless of whether or not it was real. These are their fables. And there was just something very exciting about being able to touch that story. And, uh, and I've always mm. looked for that everywhere since, despite talking about Whitby. Uh, which is in Yorkshire. I'm from Blackpool in Lancashire. And so I grew up kind of steeped in, in our local ghost stories and folklore, tales of witches and boggarts and all sorts. And yeah, and it never goes away. So what better way to to, to process all this than to talk endlessly about spooky books, <laughs> but not just spooky books, the spooky books that were the, the basis for some of our favorite films. So what films are we going to be talking about on from page to screen? Yeah, so we've got quite a good selection, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're we're sort of planning on spanning everything from the old gothic literary classics like Dracula and Frankenstein right through to sort of 60s and 70s literature. So we're thinking about things like Psycho mm-hmm. um, and then bringing it up to present day stuff. Um, I think we're going to be discussing... What's the most recent thing that we've got down to discuss? Probably the Silence of the Lambs. We should work on updating Probably, that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> there are too many classics to wade through. <laughs> there are too many classics. And actually, it's been really, really difficult narrowing it down. Because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, in my head, you know, I've got this Rolodex of so many different books and films mm-hmm. that I want us to cover for this, yep. um, this yep. podcast. But And that's before we've got onto short stories as well. <laughs> that's before we've even got onto short stories. I mean, gosh... There's just so much, isn't there? Um, but I think, you know, if you're a fan of Dracula, Frankenstein, the classics, um, and obviously the films as well, then there should, I think there should be something for everybody, really, um, in this podcast, sort of from a horror perspective, at least. You know, we're both big book nerds, and we're the kind of people who sit in the cinema sort of ranting and raving that that's not right, they don't look like they're described, or they don't go How there. How dare they? <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, in in Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, where they don't go to Whitby, but you know, I'll, I'll save that. <laughs> but we were talking about the idea, sort of with horror more so than any other genre. There's something really interesting about the way things are adapted and remembered in terms of you know a lot of the classics that they, they go back years and years and years, and Dracula is a great example, uh, and that will be the book that we that we start this series with because we're we're better to start than with arguably the first horror movie. Arguably, people are probably like, seething already. People will argue because you know this is the internet yeah. and. That's absolutely fine. People can argue. But I think, yeah, it is a very, very, very solid foundation to start things from. Um, when, I, when I was going back to when I was little, when I was a young child. When all this was orange groves. When all this was orange groves. Yeah. So, I, I mean, my first exposure to Dracula was probably through... Um, an ice lolly, <laughs> had this ice lolly that was, dra- was it called Dracula's 
Dracula's coffin or something? I can't remember. But I think it was like Dracula shaped <laughs> and it was blood red. I can't remember what wow. flavour it was. Um, but yeah, so for me, Dracula has kind of been a presence in my life through all sorts mm-hmm. of different things. Um, books, films, ice lollies. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you know thinking back to to the count as well in sesame street yes um you know obviously the dracula type figure and of course count ducula oh how could i forget <laughs> count ducula the vegetarian the vegetarian vampire, vampire. oh <laughs> but yeah and yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that bram stoker would have had any notion that there would be dracula uh ice lollies or or anthropomorphic vampiric ducks <laughs> <laughs> in animated children's series and that's kind of uh what i think we'll get into in terms of the legacy of these characters and how how we collectively remember them you know in it culturally differs so much from the source material and when it's quote unquote monsters i find that really interesting in the sense of why do we choose to remember certain things or embellish certain things or forget certain things and we'll get into it with vampires like how much of vampire lore comes from that original novel in terms of sunlight and crosses and garlic and and frankenstein is another fantastic example of how different the public perception of something can be from the original text yeah definitely i think the research i've done so far there have been quite a few things that have shocked me um, in terms of just how far and wide Dracula itself has been adapted mm. and how many forms that's actually taken as well. Um, but it's interesting to think but, about. Well, we'll save this for our we'll full-on Dracula yes. discussion. We will, uh, yeah. But just, just to wrap up this introductory episode, I'm going to put you on the spot now oh, and God, ask please. you... <laughs> Desert Island horror novel. If you could only have one, which one would it be? A Desert Island horror novel. Mm. It doesn't have to be a Desert Island. You're marooned somewhere. It could be, you know, the mouth of hell. Or you could be buried alive. (laughs) uh, Or bricked up, sort of Edgar Allan Poe style. Yes. Okay, so if I was to be bricked up in a wall, Edgar Allan Poe style, um, I think my horror novel of choice would probably be The Exorcist. Wow. And I there's me thinking that being bricked up alive could not be worse. <laughs> and But no, you'd be bricked up alive with the scariest book ever written, in my opinion. Well, I mean, if you're going to go, you know, you might as well feel all the feelings <laughs> for, for one last time. <laughs> before you shuffle off this mortal coil. Well, so yeah, it, yeah. it would be The Exorcist for me. Fair enough. Um, mine would be Frankenstein, just the complete opposite, really, because it's just so incredibly beautifully written in terms of just having that with me, like the, the, the way Shelley writes. There's nothing else like it. Um, but it probably wouldn't quicken my demise, so perhaps I should have chosen a book that would scare me to death so I wouldn't die of hunger. Yeah, probably would be a sensible idea. But then, you know, you wouldn't have the beauty of Mary Shelley's writing, would you? So well, that's true. And there is a lot about... Swings and roundabouts. Yeah, a lot about, you know, wretched isolation. and. <laughs> uh, so, 
where can people follow us on social media? If you want to email in and complain about me saying email... Dracula was the first horror yeah, film. If you want to email in and, and just complain about crisp, you know, prodding at my choice of death <laughs> book, please feel free. So you can follow us on Instagram at frompagetoscream.podcast and do check our link tree that we have on our Instagram as well for some extra links. If you want to complain about Chris's choice in books, you can also (laughs) find us via email at fptspodcast at gmail.com. We've also got a Facebook page um, that will be coming up as well. So Mm -hmm. keep your eyes peeled for that one. Not literally. 